platform listeners, it's Claudia here from Clayview. We've researched 50 UK retailers and found 80% could improve personalised product discovery. Find out how. Download our new e-commerce discovery report at clayview.com forward slash UK report. Thanks again for tuning in to the Replatform podcast. It's myself, James, and joined as always by my co-host, Paul. How are you doing, sir? Good, thank you. How are you? It's Friday. It's a good day. Uh, I believe you've had a very quiet day as well. I've had a yeah, horrible week. Far too many calls. I, uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Excellent. Um, so we've got a fun episode to record before we uh, get to the weekend. Uh, today we are talking about launching a new brand and growing to 1 million revenue in less than 12 months. So uh, an exciting subject and I think something will resonate with a lot of um, small businesses who are launching e-commerce or have done in the last 12 months and looking at some of the challenges around scaling. So launching a new business can be really daunting. It's complex, it requires a lot of energy and effort and continued enthusiasm. And interestingly, we've seen a trend emerge um, in the last uh, year or so, where former industry freelancers, consultants, or digital ag- agency folk have decided to you know, practice what they preach, essentially, and launch their own e-commerce businesses. And it makes for compelling reading, and it's an exciting story for people who've got a background in the industry and have knowledge around digital e-commerce, translating that into their own e-commerce business and looking to, to grow it and make it sustainable. So today's guest is the MD and founder of Evoluted, which is a well-respected web development agency. It's got bags of experience helping lots of small, medium-sized businesses to, to be successful online. Last year, he launched carmats.co.uk, the bold target of reaching 1 million sales within 12 months. And today we're discussing with him the evolution of that business uh, what's happened what he's learned and he's been incredibly transparent um, on social media specifically of sharing updates and it's been a really interesting story to follow so welcome to Ash Young how are you sir really good really glad to, to be here I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk about the journey today yeah fantastic thanks for taking the time so before we start bombarding you loads of questions to find out the what why and how uh, do you want to give people a bit of a, an overview of who you are and also give, give us your kind of elevator pitch for for Carmats and why you launched Carmats? yeah sure so i mean i think you, you covered it pretty well there so i think you've stolen my thunder so um, i run a digital agency in sheffield called evoluted we do a, a range of web dev and digital marketing services and really i believe you should practice what you preach so Last year, um, I, I did a little announcement on Twitter that I was going to launch an e-commerce site and I was going to take it to a million pounds worth of revenue within 12 months. At the time, I hadn't announced what the site was, but it, later on, once the site was live and up and running, I shared all the details and it is carmats.co.uk, where essentially we we sell um, customized car mats that are a perfect fit for your car. So you can pop in your edge number or choose your model and we'll have a set of car mats tailored for your vehicle and you can basically customize the color, the quality, buy online, get them delivered to your door for a fraction of the cost that your local car dealer would charge you. Um, okay, brilliant. So let's start with the fundamentals around um, carmats.co.uk. So which e-commerce platforms did you consider and why did you ultimately go on to select Shopify? Okay, so I mean, I tried a few um, different platforms at the start, but because I was sharing my journey on Twitter and because the agency's target market is primarily SMEs. I wanted to use a platform that was easily accessible so that anybody could pick up and run with, um, which is one of the main reasons I ended up choosing Shopify because being a SaaS platform, you can sign up for an account, you can be up and running and you can be selling in essentially a matter of hours um, 
And for me, that was really important. It, so it seemed like a, a great platform for people to be able to use, but also for me personally, um, there was a risk that this wasn't going to work and it could bomb and I'd look like a bit of a fool. Um, I didn't really want to have to invest a huge amount of money up front in a technology stack. So that's really why I went for Shopify is that I could get up and running and I could have a site launched in a few weeks for essentially not a great deal of money, um, which for me seemed like a, a no-brainer, if that makes sense, rather than going down a, a Magento or a custom solution or even WordPress. It just seemed that, yeah, Shopify ticked all the boxes for me and, yeah, could be up and running really quickly. Makes sense. Yeah, I think um, I, I completely agree. Massive advocate of Shopify for smaller businesses. Um, and I think... Like, or like what was what's been the benefit to you of being on Shopify and kind of its ecosystem and it being a SaaS platform um, and yeah for, to the business I guess. Um, so I think there's a, there's a few main benefits. The big benefit is the ecosystem. Um, so I'm using loads of different apps and add-ons for Shopify that I can install and configure with a with a click of a button. So. As a business owner, it means that I can try something out um, normally with a free trial without having to commit, again, a lot of resource to, to seeing if, if that app is going to give me the functionality I need. Again, you obviously can get up and running really quickly. But I think probably the most important one as you then start to scale is that Shopify take care of the infrastructure. So as an agency, we work with a lot of SMEs who will come to us with a Magento install, this really slow, it's got issues. And nine times out of 10, it's because they're running on sort of like £10 a month hosting that just can't cope with, with running their site as it's scaled. Whereas I've gone from essentially no visitors. I think yesterday was our busiest ever day. We had like 11,000 visitors on the site. And Shopify just takes care of it. It takes care of absolutely everything. I don't need to think about hosting or data maintenance or backup or anything like that. Shopify has just got it all covered. So that for me is 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 the real winner for using a, a SaaS platform. And you've um, you, you said about uh, the the apps and the ecosystem. What what features do you use the most from a kind of native functionality point of view, or do you rely more on the apps for your core feature set? Uh, so, for the core features, I suppose I'm I'm using all the usual stuff like um, a bit of the product management. I use the order management a little bit. The most or the, the biggest area of the core functionality I actually use is the API, which which sounds a bit strange, I suppose. But um, I do a lot of reporting via the API because I can't get to that data through Shopify's interface. And I also do all the communication with our supplier through Shopify's API. So uh, the bit I didn't mention at the start is the business is entirely dropship. So I've got a supplier that fulfills all the orders for me. And I have to send through the orders every day. And we use the API to do that. Um, so we actually suck out all the orders uh, and provide them to the, the supplier each morning. Excellent. And uh, how... Has was set up uh, for a dropship environment more complicated than expected, or did you find it quite straightforward using um, Shopify's ecosystem and API? Uh, it was probably a little bit more complicated than I expected. Uh, I think translating the data primarily from the format it is in Shopify through to the format that my supplier needs it in 
was probably the biggest challenge. We do have a number of issues around the product as well because um, I'm not selling T-shirts. I'm selling customized um, car mats. So we do four different qualities of carpet, one of rubber. Each of those comes in different um, carpet colors. And you can also add a trim around the edge. Now, that means that there's a huge number of potential variants. So we actually use an app to manage the configuration of that which then makes the, the data a little bit messy in the back end, um, which then obviously makes the the API and, and data integrations more complicated as we're trying to get the data out of Shopify. And if you, from, from that point of view, because that's obviously one of the challenges with, with the native product capabilities in Shopify around variant um, handling, have you built something custom to enable that data mapping then to, to handle all of that so the data gets... Um, down to supplies in the right format? How, how did you manage to resolve it? Um, so we're using uh, a few apps. So um, I'm not running anything custom yet. That's something that I'm, I'm looking to do in the future. So we use an app primarily called Advanced Product Options, which manages all the associated product data. Um, it's actually a really good app, and it, you know, for what they charge, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and that powers, if, if anyone goes and looks at the site, basically, if you go to a product page, that powers the entire of the product page. The whole of the configuration of the product is powered by that app. Um, and what it actually does behind the scenes is, using the API, it creates a version of the product you're buying, but with the options just you've selected on the fly. And that's then what gets added to the basket, and that's what you end up purchasing. Um, so that's caused a few issues in terms of, I have, you know, I've probably got, what, 2,000 real products on the website. But if you actually looked in Shopify, there's probably 10, 20,000 products because of all the variants that have been created along along the way. Um, so it just makes managing that data, finding products, editing products, it just makes it a little bit more clunky due to the way I've, I've had to do it within Shopify's ecosystem. That makes sense. I think, um, yeah, be, that'd be an interesting uh, discussion at some point on there. We've done quite a lot around different approaches to that piece. Um, and there's a few different ways to go around, to go about it. Um, are you currently on Shopify Plus or are you on uh, kind of standard Shopify or advanced or, yeah? Uh, yeah, I upgraded Shopify Plus back in November. Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't think necessarily I've got the best out of that yet, but it's it's certainly given me some functionality that I didn't have before that I really wanted to get into. Yeah, and um, and do you plan um, on? Um, I guess so. Do you currently use Shopify Flow or Launchpad, or like, are, there, are there some features from Plus that you've um, you've really benefited from using? Yeah, so I do use Flow a little bit. So we're using Flow for some of the automations. So um, I do things like if I, if we cancel an order within Shopify it automatically then cancels it with our supplier. And that's yeah. done entirely with Shopify Flow. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few other things we do at the moment with Flow in terms of tagging orders and notifying us of yeah. when orders of certain values or, or certain products that we have to do differently are ordered. Yeah. Um, we're also looking at, at the moment, we have certain products like most retailers, I imagine, where we've got um, a high issue or a high return rate. Yeah. Um, so there's some vans that are an absolute nightmare to work out which which version of the car mat you need for your van because there might be 10 options. Um, so we're just trialing at the moment, getting the system to notify us and then send an automatic email via Zendesk 
to the to the customer to say, hey, we've seen you've ordered this product. Can you tell us, does your van have X, Y, Z? So someone can then manually review that they've ordered the right thing. Makes sense. Um, that's good. And which um, and which third parties are you using around Shopify? Like, um, I, I know you're using Zendesk, for example. Like, why did you choose this over some of the kind of, I guess, more commonly used Shopify ones? And what are some of the key apps you're using generally? Okay. Um, so I, I do use Zendesk. Um, so we um, we actually started using Zendesk separately from realizing there was a Shopify plugin. So we're using Zendesk um, to manage all the customer communications and, and support queries. And then I didn't actually realize at the time there was an app, installed the app, and the app is an absolute game changer. So when you're in Zendesk, it brings in all the product information and all the order information. So there's a, a very limited number of tickets now in Zendesk where we'd even have to go to Shopify. Yeah. Only if we need to change something do we have to go in Shopify. So, you know, if someone emails says, where's my order? We know when they ordered. We know where we are. We can answer the question without having to leave the screen we're on. So that is, has been absolutely amazing. Uh, in terms of other product, other um, add-ons and apps we're using, so like I mentioned earlier, advanced product options, couldn't live without it. We also use advanced custom fields for just storing a bit of metadata against each product. So like in our case, um, whether a, a map, set of mats comes with OEM fixings or not, or how many mats there are, just so we can insert those into the, into the product page. Um, we also use an app, this bit of a strange one, that's called Edit Order. Um, so this lets us edit the orders in slightly more advanced ways than Shopify allows. We, again, have to use this because we're using advanced product options, and Shopify doesn't let us edit some of the information we need to. Um, I think what else we use. So the last one, I suppose, that's worth a mention is um, it's a bit of an admin one. We use an app called A2X, and we use that to export all the accounting information into into Zero. So it automatically runs and it just brings all our sales into Zero every few days. So we don't have to sort of worry about keeping everything in sync. We've got all our sales data where we need it. Um, we've also used a few in the checkout as well, actually. So um, one of the things that we sw- we started using in the last two, three weeks since we um, finally had time to, to have a look is that we use something called Order Bump, um, which is an upsell app that applies in the checkout. So it's when you're entering all your address details, we can choose, you know, based on what you're ordering, we can try and sort of uh, encourage you to buy an add-on product or upgrade your your order. And that that's working really well. We're probably upgrading something like 8% of our orders at the moment. And that's actually now completely paid for Shopify Plus. And uh, I can see that being a massive benefit for us moving forward. So the, you've talked a lot about Flow, and I think that's, I mean, it's its quite an amazing tool when you can connect all the different parts of the ecosystem together for automation. As you said, there's a few things that save you a lot of time and hassle. Was that the main business driver for moving to Plus, or were there other other um, reasons that you identified that you needed to have Plus to achieve? Um, so the, the, the main drivers for me for moving to Plus were wanting to be able to do some things in the checkout that we can't do at the moment because obviously you don't get access to the checkout if you're not on Plus. Uh, so things like using Order Bump, things like um, there's no 
there's no address lookup in the UK on Shopify. Uh, so we haven't got that on there yet, but we want to put something in place to let customers just enter their postcode and it'll do the rest because of all the address issues we have, it's where people have have used autocomplete in their browser or you know just haven't paid attention and haven't given us a house number, say. So that was one reason. And then the other reason was that we want to launch a number of other sites. So uh, we want to launch a site into Ireland doing the same thing because it's the same product. Um, and we also want to launch a specialized site for van mats, all of which we can do under one Shopify Plus subscription. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Because you get up, is it up to nine expansion stores, I think, isn't it, at the moment under the same? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah, we managed to get them to allow us to do van mats, which is slightly different, but it's the same product. But yeah, you can have up to nine expansion sites. So Excellent. for us that made sense. As soon as we were gonna do two more, it, it all adds up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so a question I've got related to this is, is you, you talked about the reasons for choosing Shopify and, and obviously like the, the, the SaaS and that that you know performance and the, the simplicity ecosystem makes perfect sense. What pain points have you had, if any, because we were on those podcasts, we would say like no platform is 100% perfect for every business. So what are the things where you've either had to do workarounds or you've had to uh, you know turn to other solutions to bolt on top of it? So... I think obviously stuff around the API, like I talked about, I think how the data is stored and handled. And if I wanted to say, find out how many grand car mats we've sold, which is one of the qualities, I can't do that anywhere in Shopify. I've got no choice with how our data is, but to, to do something custom via the API. That data is not even brought out if you do an export of all the orders via CSV. So there's a few things like that that caused issues. Um, I think the other way is that if you want to use and put additional product data in and, and not just use the standard Shopify fields, the interface to edit those isn't great. And um, I know when we were populating product data, and there still is now, there's some products where you know we've duplicated a product, we've changed the primary information, but somebody's forgotten to go into the additional screens to go and edit all the metadata. So you end up with these inconsistencies that are happening essentially because of the user interface that you're forced to use, uh, which is probably the biggest one for me. So you're looking at doing kind of cross-sells and upsells after the transaction. And from talking to you, um, it seems like it's slightly more complex than maybe the the average uh, use case. Can you talk us through kind of how you want this to work with Shopify? Yeah, so, so my issue is that because I'm using advanced um, product options, I think everything that I've complained about comes back to the plugin I'm using. But it's um, because how that works, it creates a product at runtime when someone selected all their options. A lot of the post-purchase apps require you to choose a particular product um, or a set of products that are going to trigger the upsell. And I've not managed to find one that will let me essentially say, you know, everything that's an Audi or everything that is in the products that have a boot mat, try and push the boot mat. It's not, they've not had the sort of the rule set that I need to, to let me set wide ranging rules without selecting individual products. Brilliant. Um, 
And by the sounds of it, you know, you're growing really quickly. And something that James has made a note of here is that you're looking to internationalize the store. Um, how do you plan to do this now that you're on Shopify Plus? So do you plan on using the expansion stores and kind of creating localized sites? Or are you planning on um, using multi-currency initially or a combination of both? Um, what's your um, plan there? Uh, so in terms of, of, of growing, um, I do intend to use expansion stores. So I intend to do, I haven't got a domain for this, but a, a pure Irish site on an Irish domain. Um, and the same with vanmats.co.uk. So they're just going to be pure expansion stores. Don't plan to use, have a multi-currency store. I want to keep all, all the stores very much targeted um, at their location. In future, maybe later in the year, also looking at going out into France. So I've got some contacts out in France. It's obviously a completely different product set because they're all uh, left-hand drive, not right-hand drive. But my supplier has all, all the patterns, all the information. So we can go out into Europe, and that would be my plan is to, to go out into Europe country by country um, and making sure that we've absolutely nailed that before we then move on to the next country. Obviously, Brexit has, has caused some issues. I know my suppliers had a lot of problems getting product in and out of the country. So I think that's probably going to be one for, you know, back end of the year when hopefully everything's been ironed out and settled down. So I don't want to kind of get into that too early on. And what, what are the key things that you've uh, identified within Shopify that are going to help you to do the international, apart from obviously the expansion store, but any of the other key features or apps that are going to really help you expand internationally? It's something I've actually not looked into into a great deal in terms of what apps in the ecosystem will help me. Um, I think the big thing that that is probably quite obvious is that the, the checkout experience is so great on Shopify. So I have no doubt that I can go out into, you know, um, go out into France, for example, and that checkout experience will still hold up and work really well um, because they've got so much experience at international e-commerce. I think they're going to have covered the majority of the issues that I'm, I'm going to face. For me, the big issues are going to be translating and maintaining that content and finding people that can do that reliably on the ground um, and also making sure that we can still hit lead times when we're essentially shipping out of the UK but into Europe and making sure that for a product that is custom made um, and I think we do up to nine working days in, in the UK we're going to need to bring that down in order to be able to ship internationally in an acceptable lead time which isn't really the, the isn't really necessarily the question you asked but I don't think Shopify is going to be a hindrance I think it's, it's going to help me do what I want to do um, and I think I'll end up using all the same apps that I'm using at the moment, but obviously just on the expansion stores. Yeah, the translation side is, is always a fun one to get true translation done. Um, yeah. Uh, interesting challenges of 2021. Um, and what else is in the roadmap? Um, so are you going to be looking to do any customization of Shopify or is it more about exploiting better what Shopify Plus offers you? Um, so the, ro the roadmap for this year is to um, hit £3 million turnover in 2021 i'm pretty much on track to do that i think that's about eight eight and a bit grand a day i need to average i'm averaging about nine and a bit grand a day so well on track to uh, to smash three million pounds in, in 2021 um how i'm going to get there really is i'm going to refine a lot of what we're offering to make sure that we're offering the right product we get the average order value higher 
and that's really what I'm I'm focusing on in the first few months of the year is you know how can we how can we drive people to actually spend a little bit more treat themselves with a car mats or how can we encourage them to buy those additional little products so one of the things that we're trialing at the moment with order bump is selling people car first aid kits so it's uh uh, it's about 14 quid for a first aid kit that'll come with your mats and it's got everything you need for motoring and that that's working really really well later on in the year so next month and then in september you have new registrations so sales will go absolutely absolutely crazy but beyond that it really is yeah launching vanmats.co.uk um i'm already getting a lot of the van mat sales but um a dedicated site will do a lot better moving into ireland and then the one that we've not really touched on um, is moving into the trade. So the trade is an absolutely massive potential um, for something like CarMats. So if you think about all the independent motor dealers, um, all the people that are actually going to want to order mats a lot more regularly. So the big issue with my customer base is I might sell one or maybe two sets of mats to somebody a year for the cars in their household. And then I'm not going to hear from them until they change vehicles. Whereas if I can get into motor dealers, I can get a steady stream of orders. So we're also looking to put together a trade website using Shopify Plus, which I don't know what you guys think, but I think that should uh, go great guns. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. It's quite interesting. I mean, the question I was going to ask, and I don't know whether you'll want to answer this, um, is do you plan on, because you mentioned that you're drop, shi- drop shipping at the moment, do you plan on kind of going direct and getting your own kind of products manufactured? Uh, I will answer this. Um, yeah, I, I have no intentions of becoming a manufacturer of CarMats. Um, I've spent a lot of time at our CarMat factory and that's a whole different ball game i don't have a skill set in in manufacturing product it is a manufactured product so it comes in in carpet form and is then cut out on cnc machines and the team of sewers then finish the product and then it gets bagged and sent out the investment required to even get up and running would be insane and um i don't think i could actually supply car mats if i was making them direct cheaper than i can buy them through my supplier because of the economies of scale and how many mats they get through in a day. Um, Makes, yeah. I think um, I kind of meant more like um, buying uh, like stock essentially and uh, and handle it. I, I, yeah, maybe fulfilling yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we do do a bit of that at the moment. So CarMass is a tricky one because if you think we've got 2,000 different models on the website, each of those models can be in... I'm not, I'm not totted it up, but, but there's probably 50 different variations. So the different number of combinations of SKUs we have is absolutely insane. We do manage all our returns. So all the returns come directly to us um, and we stock the returns. And we've actually built um, a, a little system, again, using the Shopify API that looks at the new orders that have come in and tries to work out if it's a variant that we've got in stock. And if it does, it'll divert the order to us and we'll dispatch it rather than sending it to our supplier. Um, There is the potential that we do a bit more of that and bulk order products where we, you know, where we know we're going to sell products. We might say, look, why don't you make a hundred of those? Give us a better price and we'll send them out. That's, that's as far as I can see that we'll go with that side of things. 
So you, you've obviously grown faster than expected. It's an amazing success story. And we know that, that the advantages of SaaS platforms are that they provide guaranteed scalability. So you don't have to worry about the platform working at scale. But how about from a business and operational point of view, what are the key challenges that you've experienced uh, uh, and you know, what have you been able to do about them? Um, so I think the big issues with scaling so quickly um, for me has been around um, meeting customer expectations and also dealing with the customer service side of things. So at the start of the journey, um, it was back in May, it was mid-lockdown. I was sending orders through to the supplier and they dispatched them the next day because I might be sending 10 orders a day through maybe. Um as that's grown, the number of orders we're sending through each day has, has meant that they can't always dispatch them in a sensible lead time or a, what I consider a sensible lead time. They disagree, I think. Um, so we got caught out a few times where lead times ex, uh, sort of had expanded um, almost overnight and we hadn't updated the website to reflect what the lead times were going to be. So we had a lot of people that are thinking, I'm going to get these mats in three, four days. And it was, you know, 10 days before they got them. So that causes a lot of issues and that communication piece around what are lead times and staying on top of it in the early days causes a lot of issues when we started to sort of scale initially. And then the separate side of things that that's caused a few issues is around the communication. So we've not been the best at proactively keeping people up to date. Um, so we've put in a number of journeys, uh, email journeys. So if you place an order at the moment, you get a couple of emails through the production of your mats and then you get the dispatch email. But we've not been great when things take a little bit longer or there are issues. So like around Christmas, we weren't proactively telling people um, that there was a delay. And that meant that we had huge numbers of, of queries that actually we could have dealt with a lot more effectively had we been a bit more proactive. But for me, that's the issue with um, dropshipping, in essence, because we lose that control. We don't have the control of what's going out every day because it's not our factory. Um, and because that communication you know, wasn't there at certain points, it's meant that we've essentially let our customers down, which feels really rubbish and it's not a position I want to be in. Um, so I do think we, we could have done a little bit better there. And I think if I was doing it again, I'd be a lot more aggressive with telling people where we realised we weren't going to meet their lead times. Um, but other than that, yeah, um, just be prepared to work long, long hours. And I think that's what's kept us going is that um, we, we've, as we've scaled, we've done more hours. I used to do all the customer service. And then probably two, three months ago, actually, my wife took over the customer service because she could see that I wasn't, I wasn't coping with it very well. Um, so now I, I don't, I very rarely talk to our customers, which is absolutely amazing. Um and she handles absolutely all of it, and that's going really well. Uh, we probably get about 70, 80 emails a day at the moment that we have to deal with and respond to. Um, but if you're if you're not staying on top of the communication, that can change very rapidly. Um, so, yeah, be proactive with the communication, I think, is what I'd learn, and um, really make sure that you're, you're sending the product out as fast as the orders are coming in, because otherwise you're going to get yourself into a, a very sticky situation. And um, I guess my last question, which I think is a really interesting one. So you you will be going from zero to, you know, three million in somewhere between 18 months and two years, which is really impressive. Um, where has that growth come from? So in terms of like actually acquiring the customers and the marketing side, you know, where have you 
really kind of nailed, I guess, to get to that point? Um, so, yeah, it's been very fast growth. And the reason it's been very fast growth is because we've paid for it, essentially. Um, in the early days, I wanted to grow rapidly, not only because we were doing the, the journey on Twitter, um, but also because I wanted my supplier to buy into me. So I didn't want to wait for organic growth or, um, you know, tootle along doing sort of 10, 15 orders a day. I wanted to get that buy-in from our suppliers. They could see that we were the real deal. Um, We're now at the point where we have our own um, production within their factories. There's our own CNC machine and our own team of sewers that work on just our orders because they can see that we've scaled so quickly and that we're going to keep growing. So they're prepared to invest in making sure they deliver. Um, well, the growth has yeah, primarily come through um, Google Ads. So we, we've got a very aggressive uh, Google Ad campaign. We do a fair bit of um, Facebook and Instagram um, social ads. We're looking and playing with, we've done a few experiments with things like TikTok, which probably not the right product, but we're just starting to sort of go out there and, and try new ad platforms. In terms of SEO, um, we're probably doing, I don't know, we're probably only doing like £300 worth a day of um, organic sales from, from the search engines. So it's not huge, but we're starting to see those rankings come. Um, yesterday I checked and actually we, we jumped onto the first page for the first time for the, the term CarMats. Which was which was nice to see, but the the real money um, is in the long tail in, in in the product pages. So where someone knows what model they've got and they're searching really specifically for that model, when we get those pages ranking, and some of them already are, but when we get them ranking across the board, that's what's really going to drive the the organic sales and and, and take us up to that next level. Excellent. And I guess the benefit of uh, having an agency that's got digital marketing and knowledge expertise is it gives you a, a step up, whereas other competitors won't have that background and ex- experience. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a little bit like cheating, I suppose. So I, I know what to worry about, not to worry about. So um, I launched a site. I think a lot of people are talking to me about well, what you're doing about link building, what you're doing about SEO, what you're doing about the content. And I've just ignored SEO for six months because it was all about scaling the business and getting the sales, getting um, the customer trust. So we've got about three and a half thousand customer reviews on the site now. So we've been through all that with with the paid media to make sure that actually, if someone looks at that site, they think we've been trading 10 years. We don't look like we only started nine months ago. Um, And that's a massive factor for me to get that trust across. And yeah. Now, now I can start worrying about the SEO and and and, and you know play the long game to make sure that, that we get a ranking and get those additional sales through. Yeah, I think that's it's really nice to have that transparency about you know short term versus medium to long term tactics and marketing and how they work together. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And you you know you can see it when you look at your ads versus some of the competitors. The competitors' ads are not nearly as well optimized and compelling and persuasive in terms of text and and hooks to get people in. So. Um, Interesting. Thank you for sharing. So I, I like the key learnings you said as well about you know, being proactive in communication with customers. The so customer experience is so important. And, and I think customers are becoming more 
expectant of what good service looks like as, as more people move online and use online more, sending orders fast and then the resourcing side as well so that you can focus on what's important and not try to do everything as it grows. So I think that's really useful learning for other business owners. So thanks very much for coming on today, Ash. Uh, thanks very much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. I love the uh, the Carmat story. I've been uh, enjoying watching it evolve. So I hope it continues to be really successful. And we look forward to the uh, 3 million announcement coming soon. Yeah, way off yet. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and thanks as always for everyone for listening. Keep your ears open for next week's episode in, in this current series on managing and growing an e-commerce business. And please do subscribe if you haven't already to get alerts as soon as new episodes drop.